0: Welcome to the Sham Show Radio Hour. <laughs> that, what was that character? It's my like, um, like my public radio, like my uh, like. I'm gonna read you a book or. Tell How would you sound if you were
1: a PBS
0: uh, radio DJ on PBS? I need to close my eyes and visualize. What
1: would your name be
0: first off? I feel like it would have to be a really dry name, like okay. uh, like Sham is too eclectic for for right, right, PBS. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it'd have to be like Bartholomew.
1: Uh, Lemieux. Now let's go to Bartholomew Lemieux with the hourly news
0: report. Thank you, Keith. My name is Bartholomew Lemieux, and here is the news for today. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave a speech to the Library of Commons. It was a good speech. The L.A. Lakers fell to the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday. That is all in the news in the world. This is Bartholomew Lemieux. Signing off. PBS Radio 95.5. Two Gods and a Goose Podcast.
1: It is the Two Gods and a Goose show. We are back. We are better than ever. California love Sham. There's, you see that it's going to tie into some topics. Uh huh. California. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, My dad is in studio with us. He is all excited and fired up. He's got his two guys on the goose shirt on. He is. uh, I'm going to let everyone know in the audience. He is a big time fan of Sham. So this is going to be my personal hell today. Where anything you do, anything you do, he's going to think is way funnier than it actually is. So this is this should be a joy for me, let me tell you.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to have uh, Keith Keith envious uh, the uh, <laughs> the first um, senior envious on with us. Um, it's like having another one of me next to Keith. So I'm really looking forward to kind of doubling our nonsense today.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really boxed in. We have some new partners. Kind of let them know where they can find us uh, on iPhone Stitcher, and then talk about our new partner, which they've loved. What you've done on Twitter in the first couple of weeks since we announced the partnership.
0: Yeah. So you can find us on the i, the iTunes i, like the podcast app on the iPhone. You can find us on Stitcher for if you have an Android. Uh, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio. Um, it's a new new sponsor for us, so we're really excited about that. We got merch. Yeah, um, my
1: dad's wearing the Two Gods and a Goose. He has the Two Gods and a Goose shirt on today, so let them yep. know they can get it on T-Public.
0: Yep, so you can go on T-Public, uh, search Two Gods and a Goose and our our merch comes up and 100% of the proceeds go towards a charity depending on what 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 logo you buy.
1: And then people are always excited that they've it's kind of become a staple of the show to know what you're drinking ahead of time, you're, you're a connoisseur of of
0: beer and uh yeah so i'm actually drinking um it's a little bit lighter of an uh of an ale today um it's a bavarian style hefeweizen ale and it's from a ute pills brewery out in uh minneapolis it has a nice orange color, uh, creamy body, tastes a little bit like bananas, but with the hints of orange, um, and has that very strong wheat note. So I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure by the end of this glass, everybody else will enjoy me as well.
1: We are going to touch on some, support, some sports stuff, but this is a not-so-sportsy episode. We've kind of heard the feedback. We've been sportsy for the last couple episodes. So we're doing—it uh, is actually your creation. You're going to drive the car, so Lord help us all. But uh, we're doing something that... Do you want to kind of tease what what the the thing we're doing today that's non-sportsy? Sure. We're going to cover the most important bracket in all of March. And I'm going to leave it there. That was a terrible job like normal. So our non-sportsy crowd will love that. uh, But we have to obviously start with some NBA stuff. Uh, I've been fired up about this all week. Uh, I don't really know how to preface it more than saying... It is the LeBron Laker overreaction. It is people losing absolute control over the LeBron Lakers. Before I really, it's so absurd that I almost don't want to address it. Uh, I'm floored that people thought the Lakers were going to be a 50 or 55 win team, which clearly they—that's what they think because you lose LeBron James for 20 games, you lose Rondo for 35 games, you don't make a trade for a second star. People are up at arms at this team not being in in the playoffs in the West. When this is the West is there's really no bad teams. Phoenix is the worst team in the West, and Phoenix has two guys that can that on any given night can compete with anybody. So if you think LeBron misses twenty games, like did people have these guys as a playoff team with this? And I'm confused as to what why are they so high on this team without LeBron?
0: Yeah, I have never really been on the Lakers bandwagon. I thought that the the Lakers were kind of just lebron pl- plus a bunch of ill-fitting parts um i had them at best an eight seed in the west and i'm not really surprised that they're kind of going the other direction um here especially with the rise of some interesting teams like the clippers and uh the kings their chance to improve was was at the deadline and they made lateral moves from my opinion well they, they just couldn't
1: get the big they deal are. they couldn't get the big deal done my thing isn't where the Lakers are. My thing is the outrage and shock at being at the Lakers being where they are when they missed 20 games from LeBron. I think there were the 18 games he missed, I think there were five and thirteen during that time. They're five or six above five hundred with him prior to that. So if he's healthy like he usually is, they're in the playoffs, and this is a non-topic. But my thing is if they if you thought if you were to be told before the beginning of the season, no trade at the deadline, you didn't get Anthony Davis, you didn't get that second star. You were still with the young guys, and the, that roster at the beginning of the year was the same at the end of the year, and you missed LeBron for 20 games, and you missed Rondo for 35 games, who's clearly their best point guard. Are Is that a playoff team? Because I would have said no, and I thought it would that would be an easy easy
0: answer. Yeah, but I think when you have LeBron, you always have that possibility of success. Just him being on the team and him being able to drag garbage with him to, to success. And that's mainly been done in the East where the competition hasn't been that Great for the most part, um, and now that he's in the West, like the parity is very different. Like the West is much stronger, and you can't get away with losing big stretches of your best player, the best player in the game, um, like the Lakers have.
1: The Lakers are not good enough to be a playoff team if you lose LeBron for twenty of the eighty-two games. Like they're not good enough, right there. So I don't understand the outrage. Like there's outrage. People are f- losing their mind.
0: That's just the nature of the market that they're in, and they're and they've they thought that 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 when they got LeBron, they were on the path to the finals. They're a playoff team if like, LeBron doesn't miss healthy. twenty games. Sure, but being a playoff team isn't the expectation of that of but, the Lakers franchise. But the
1: expectation from any rational person wasn't to win the championship this year. It was never the plan was to basically make the, the playoffs, get get hopefully move those young guys to get a second star. The the they didn't impact, think this year was going to be the championship year. First off, they weren't competing even with the second star. They weren't beating Golden State this year until they break up. So like what?
0: But I think it really comes down to just. The Lakers putting all their eggs in this Anthony Davis basket and not coming away with it, and then right. basically punting on this season. Right, and that's and, basically what happened. Right,
1: and you can't blame them for going all in to try to get Anthony Davis. Obviously, that was that's that the plan remained. Jeannie Bus can say whatever she would like. That is still the plan to get a second star with LeBron. It was never, of course, LeBron, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball winning a champ, competing for championship. That was never. Even if you take Durant off the Warriors, that's not a championship team. They know that. He knows that. LeBron is not that's that was never the plan so realistically the plan why you got guys that were tough why lebron wanted tough guys is because they're thinking seven eight seed maybe steal a couple games from golden state or houston in the first round you know kind of g- give that tough factor that was what they all wanted but it was they, they weren't ever going anywhere this year it was it was always kind of a a throwaway year that's why what i said on the last episode where it was like you know if a lebron had an early exit Right. That's not the worst case scenario when he's sitting here at thirty-four years old and you're going, How much time does he really have left? Less miles on him in the playoffs this year when it never was about this year is probably the smarter way to go long term.
0: But okay, here's the problem with that though. If like I agreed the, the key to a Lakers long-term success is incremental improvements. Right. Whether it's getting the most out of your young guys or flipping those young guys for small parts or maybe even another star. Problem with that is that takes time. And LeBron James is already thirty-four. And for a guy who's 34 has been relatively healthy his entire career, except for this year, that's a kind of a scary thought where at 34, he's having groin injuries where he's gone 20 games, um, and who knows what work he's going to need in the offseason after this injury, because I still feel like he's playing with some sort of injury or something's wrong with him. And then you come into next season, he's 35, and then the season after that, 36, then 37. And at age 37, how much is he really contributing, even if he has another star next to him?
1: Right, right. And and that's a good transition. Um, Obviously, last night, we're recording this on Thursday. He passed Michael Jordan for third on the all-time scoring list. Uh, You know, he's shown some dings for the first time this year, but still as explosive as he's been in the last couple of years my thing for you is he's quite a bit back from you know behind um kareem but how much longer does he really have you know we're basically guessing and 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 you know playing that game here but how long do you think he really has as that
0: elite dude i don't think lebron no matter how old he gets will ever be okay with being a 1b to anybody and that like honestly that's what he should have done when coming to the lakers he should have taken that should have been the robin to a batman right in in la and that's not what happened he wants to be the guy that's ball dominant creating the offense creating the team creating the culture around there and i think as long as he's playing i think he'll always be that way right but in the same way that jordan was Jordan was never that guy that took a backseat to anybody, even when he was in the Wizards.
1: I think LeBron's game is a little different than Michaels in the sense that LeBron's natural game is more of a facilitator as a pure scorer. Jordan was a pure scorer, period. Not to say Jordan couldn't do other things, but he was a pure scorer. You know, you see a lot of the highlight videos. He's being set up by teammates, he's being put in position to score the basketball. LeBron is a little more of a facilitator from that standpoint. So, you know, I think that 1B. Thing and I and I get all the ego involved with it and I get all I get everything you're saying but I think that one B figure or that one B um, role for him I think fits his game a little more naturally than if he was a pure scorer and trying to go I was the dude who took 25 shots a game and now I got to go to be a guy being 10 to 15 shots a game type thing. Transitioning you talked about the Warriors a few minutes ago and there's kind of been something that has resonated with me in the Warriors this year Uh, You know that team has been obviously the unstoppable offensive force they've been in previous years But this thing with Boogie Cousins has been um, kind of fascinating on the defensive side of the ball Um, You know looking at some of their They just got blown out by Boston the other night. They got killed on the glass. They have some vulnerabilities On the defensive side and the defensive rebounding Side when Boogie is on the floor With those other guys and it's interesting To me because there's a couple top team You know a couple of the the top tier teams in the western Conference tend to also be really good Rebounding teams so my thing for You is do their defensive Struggles does that make them Vulnerable at all
0: at all this year Sam? of course like if they're if they're Not defending at the level that they Have in the past I think it makes Them vulnerable but I do think the Warriors figure it out I think the key to them winning multiple championships is their defense, and their ability to limit opponents and run out in transition and hurt them with three points in transition each time. Um, and that's that's one of the things that I think when they're like when you say they struggle defensively, that's one of the things that would make them vulnerable when they limits their ability to do that and pour on like 20, 30 points in like a five-minute span. Right, that avalanche. Um, the avalanche and it right. always happens in the third quarter when you think the game of is course. close and the Warriors just turn on that switch and then it's that's game, and of course that makes them vulnerable. But I just feel like this is them just figuring out how to play with each other until they get into the playoffs. And then once they're in the playoffs, I truly feel like it'll be a different team.
1: No, I I agree. You know, I, I just it's it's crazy to me because during their entire run, they've been. You know, one of the better defensive teams in the league during this whole run. People don't talk about that a lot. They've been, you know, a really good uh, rebounding team. You know, right now they're a net negative with Boogie on the floor defensively. You know, they give up a gang of second chance points. They're when when Boogie's on the floor, they're the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. And I agree with you. Regular season, postseason, different animals. And you have a, a, a locker room of. Guys that have won championships, they've been there before. It is a little interesting to me to look at teams that are behind them, Denver, Portland, Houston, that are pretty good on the glass. And and if you get into a series with Golden State, because some of those teams have, have a lot of firepower on offense too, this is an offensive firepower league now, it will be interesting to see if those numbers change a little bit as the postseason, You know, as we get into the postseason
0: in spite of that they always find ways to win even if they have that defensive rebounding uh you know they, they lose that battle uh, but they always find ways to win and i until i've seen it right i refuse to bet against the warriors speaking of
1: that western conference uh i have a, a it's not really a hot take but there's obviously you know a lot of parity behind golden state in the west a lot of those teams are are you know there's they're all bunched in there by like a you know a game, two, three games at max. Are the Portland Trailblazers the second best team in the Western Conference right now?
0: No, and they're not third. Maybe I'm being too hard on them, but I I feel like they really are sixth in the in the West.
1: They are a team that has you know had issues we've discussed on this show in the past with being you know two undersized guards that place basically do similar things. We watched New Orleans last year put bigger dudes on them and they struggled. This is a different team this year to me. This is a team that has depth. This is a team that has more than one score, more than two scoring options. If there's been plenty of games when Dame and CJ aren't on, that they're able to go. Nurkic has been a different guy this year. You know, we've talked about yes. Nurkic and him playing half the season. You know, 41 games, and and I, I said last year, you know. That his faults in the postseason could have been great for them because you could save some money, which they ended up doing. This year, he's been a different dude. His numbers are up. He's a guy that now more often is doing those, is putting up those 25 and 11 nights. And then you talk about uh, Seth Curry, who's, who's you know, what, is he second or third in the league in three-point shooting? You add a guy like Enos Cantor, which... Cantor's another guy that can't play any defense, but he's a great rebounder. You know, already on a team that's a that's a phenomenal rebounding team. I think they're a top three or four rebounding team in the NBA. But you also put him behind as the fire behind Nurkic, where if Nurkic, if you're not going to play tough, we're going to put Cantor in the he'll – play, he'll play hard tonight. I think there's a lot more depth on this team and a lot more – Rodney Hood, guys that have been there in, in, in playoff situations, that have some playoff experience, that can – help damon cj if they had run into a series with the with the big guards on them and 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 that type of thing and so I'm, I'm 10 i tend to be more of a believer of them this year
0: i do agree they're a very good team i think the warriors are you know light years ahead of them right i think the denver nuggets and houston rockets are also well ahead of them as well the thunder are an elite 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 defensive team right with the guy in paul george who's playing at an mvp level and I don't think, for example, I, like if, if the playoffs started today, the Thunder and the Blazers would, would play each other. Mm-hmm. And I, would, I, th- I think I would comfortably take the Thunder in maybe five or six games. So when you put all that together, I find them at five. In my opinion, that's what they'll finish. And then you look at the Utah Jazz and the way they've struggled to open the season, especially with Donovan Mitchell. Um, the first half of the year, he kind of was very inefficient, wasn't scoring a lot of points but then since the turn of the new year he's been on a tear yeah he's averaging nearly 27 points a game i think they're a very good home team as well especially in the playoffs
1: utah you know i'm I'm in the tank for donovan he's one of my favorite players you know i think a lot of the early season you know nonsense that was 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 out there on donovan you know he heard a lot of that and you know his numbers early in the season it was never going to stay like that. I think anyone that was rational that had any sense knew that he was going to turn that around. He's too good of a player to have some of the numbers he was having earlier. That said, as well I agree Oklahoma City an elite defensive team. I'm with you on that. They they are, we have seen it when they played our team. They are a suffocating defensive team uh and that's without their best defender on the floor. Paul George obviously is the MVP in the in the league right now. It's an, and that's clear to me. Um might what, be defensive player of the year too absolutely agree uh houston has kind of been up and down but again harden is a guy that can literally take over a game by himself they've been and now
0: they're finally healthy
1: right and they and they still have started playing a lot more defense lately so they're a mm-hmm. team look I, I don't i think it's golden state and then everybody else kind of bunched up there and we know what the postseason it is a play it is a superstar thing like one guy one game can change the series and you know all those teams that we've discussed portland included have that player to change that series I just think the Blazers, I almost am ready to buy them as somebody that could make a run in the postseason. Now, that said, I don't think anyone's getting past Golden State, even with the things I mentioned earlier that could be potential vulnerabilities that, um, you know, for Golden State. But it's going to be interesting as we start heading toward April to see what this team, what Portland looks like in the postseason, because I think they have some things that can give some some of those teams in that bunch right there some real troubles.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I I don't disagree with that. But I think as it stands today, I think the Blazers are five in my mind. Transitioning
1: uh, to the last topic we had on this on this NBA thing, and this is this is going to be a lot of fun for Sham and I. Uh, those of you that follow us on social media know that Sham and I are Detroit Pistons fans uh sham always wants to come on and talk about the pistons sham still has kind of a local mentality even though we've become kind of a national phenomena as far as our show so i'm constantly you know running sham off the pistons uh you know he wants to get on there with a with a uh, a, a loud every week and talk about the pistons uh but guess what i'm i am taking the leash off of you yours and my detroit pistons have won the last 10 of 12 i'm gonna let you i know you have some things to talk about with that uh, they are playing phenomenal basketball right now. This is some of their best mm-hmm. basketball they played in years. Uh, my dad got a chance to watch them last night. He was very impressed by them. He doesn't get to watch them regularly living on the West Coast. I'm, I'm letting you off the leash, Sham. Go ahead in on the Detroit Pistons.
0: I need like about two minutes to rant. Can you grab me ahead. that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Are you familiar with the Mohs scale of hardness? I am not. Don't interrupt. So on one end of the scale lies incredibly hard surfaces. Like Diamond, Topaz, Quartz. And on the other hand of the scale, some of the softest. Like Talc, Gypsum, and Carl anthony Towns. And yesterday, we saw Andre Drummond literally sitting on Carl anthony Towns for 48 minutes. And it was so glorious because all of these stat heads on Twitter, they want to talk about how Carl anthony Towns, because he shoots threes... Is a better player than Andre Drummond, and yesterday and the past nine times before that, Andre Drummond has absolutely owned that matchup. And now I will bring it back locally. There's a certain radio station in Detroit that rhymes with uh, Lindy Levin won the Dicket that also talks about the fact that they should tank, the fact that they should give it up because they're not going to win a championship. Forget it, right? Just blow the whole thing up. The Pistons haven't won a playoff game since I was 15. I wasn't even able to drive the last time the Detroit Pistons won a playoff game. So now where are we today? This team is on track to be a sixth seed or at worst a seventh or eighth seed but to definitely make the playoffs if they continue on their path. Spare me the armchair psychology of players and start to look at the stats, start to actually watch the games and then form an opinion off of that, and then go on the airwaves and talk about that opinion.
1: Uh, let the people know statistically how good this team has been. I know we pulled um, we pulled some stats. but you know what? First off, because uh, you just letting people behind behind the curtain. Um, I asked you to pull some stats before we began. You were incompetent. My dad ended up pulling stats. Can you tell the people what you pulled on Andre Drummond? over the last 12 games can you tell them tell them what the numbers are t- talking the mic
2: yeah drummond's averaging 22 points uh t- 16 rebounds over the last 12 games so he pulled those numbers sham,
1: sham didn't pull those numbers thank you dad Thanks, let dad. the pe- let the people know what numbers you did actually pull to let the people know how good this team has been
0: this season the defense has always been like a very good part of this team they've ranked top 12 in the league so the past 10 games the offense has been number one and in the last ten they have the highest plus-minus of any team in the league
1: They played really good basketball. So the, this very is very good basketball. And, and this we're having a lot of fun and shout out to Pistons Twitter. We're having a lot of fun uh, Right now, but I, I think it's it's safe to say NBA You need to take our Detroit Pistons seriously uh, And the local media in Detroit should what would you what's your parting words the local media in Detroit? Uh, Sham you
3: of TLC and you're listening to two gods and a goose and you know what Uh -uh -uh. y'all ain't
0: stupid like stupid you stupid like stupid like s-t-o-o-o-p-i-d stupid (laughs) bad takes bad takes come get your bad takes hello ma'am do you want a bad take i got one for you Carl Anthony Towns is a better player than Andre Drummond. Bad takes, bad takes, come get your bad takes. Hi there, little boy. Would you like a bad take for three shekels? I'll give you one. Thank you. Pineapple belongs on pizza. Bad take, bad take, come get your bad take. It's just two bald guys hanging out with a goose. Don't make it weird. Welcome back. So I wanted to talk about the most important month of the year, the most important bracket in the history of brackets. Yes. Um, We have a very special guest on with us uh, who writes for CBB Today as a podcast on there. Joe Nardone. Joe, how's it going?
3: Good. I looked at the obituaries today they I didn't see our names in them, so I knew it was going to be a good day.
0: Uh,
1: Joe is a big time That's fan good. of the show. Uh, he automatically, based on his first comment right there, completely gets what we're trying to do here. Uh, I just want to let everyone behind the curtain, too. I'm really uncomfortable right now because, as everyone knows, I usually drive the show. I told my dad earlier, this show kind of is like... You know, we're a Ferrari and I'm driving and Sham's basically hanging with his tongue out the window trying to hit people when we go by him. That's usually the show. But for this one, I'm jumping into the um, driver's side and Sham is driving. So I apologize to our audience in advance for where this goes. Sham, the car is yours, my friend.
0: So here are two guys and a goose. We are the arbiter of what's right and wrong in the snack and ice cream and treats world. We often and say
1: that people that look for food they go to Guy Fieri to us, and they go to us.
0: We are gonna whittle down thirty-two snacks to one conclusive ultimate snack um, with the help of our guests, Twitter. Between the three of us, we are gonna decide what. The best snack is with a 32-team bracket, uh, which I like to call March Snackness. We're going to go through each matchup in each region. There's four regions. Cookies are one region. Chips are another. Salty snacks are the third. And then pizza toppings are the fourth. With each matchup, we are going to each have a vote as to what the winner is. And since there's three of us, one of us will be the tiebreaker. Um. So, should we get started? We absolutely should. Let the people know all the the sections and and the. Yeah, I literally just said that. So it'd be fantastic. <laughs> <cookies, laughs> chips, yes. Yeah. Uh, pizza toppings and salty snacks. Okay, fantastic. Let's get started. Looks so like you're sitting in sham seat today. So first matchup: the number one seed versus the number eight seed in the cookie region. Chocolate chip cookie, number one seed versus gingerbread. Okay, Keith. So- we'll start with you okay we're gonna start with me uh
1: this is an easy win for chocolate chip cookies obviously this is this is an absolute no-brainer this is a this is a blowout by 35 40 points it's an easy win chocolate chip put them to the next round for me
3: if it was december i'd give the ginger cookie a chance but it's not it's march so it's chocolate chip cookie all the way um is milk allowed in this conversation when we just joe
1: i feel like you're trying to hijack the segment uh i'd appreciate if we could just stay on on topic i don't think that we talked about any milk or anything being involved
0: it's definitely an additive i feel like uh it's like a performance enhancing drug um so let's leave milk out of this one um and so my vote is going to be with the gingerbread and i'll tell you why um i think a cookie means more than just the actual eating of the cookie um have you ever tried building a chocolate chip cookie house no you 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 make houses out of gingerbread uh cookies so um i feel as though with the multi like the the gingerbread itself is multi-talented can be formed into houses can be eaten can be enjoyed with a warm glass of milk i feel like in my opinion that is the better cookie chocolate chip already made it through all that what you just said was nonsense and irrelevant
3: let's go on to the next
0: next one the two versus the seven seed oatmeal raisin versus m&m
3: uh they're both trash but i'll go with m&m just because you know name brand
1: i'm going oatmeal raisin on this honestly i I like the MM thing but i I am actually an oatmeal raisin fan i disagree uh strongly with joe's trash take right there they're both trash they're not both trash um these are some of the better cookies um out there but i'm gonna go with oatmeal raisin so sham you are going to be the deciding factor of
0: this so i am a strong like oatmeal raisin cookies are one of my favorite cookies in the world um they provide you with not only Um, adequate nutrition but also fiber in the oatmeals and gives you a little bit of fruit with the raisin and it can also be enjoyed as a warm glass of milk so i'm gonna vote for oatmeal raisin to move on so oatmeal raisin is through it's the four seed versus the five seed uh, peanut butter versus snickerdoodle
1: let me start with this uh this is an easy one and and shout out to snickerdoodles those are good but as everyone knows that listens to the show, I'm a peanut butter head. Peanut butter cookies uh, make it through. This is an easy one. It's another 20-point win for peanut butter cookies.
0: I'm a huge fan of snickerdoodles. I think the sugar base plus the the cinnamon sugar top um, provides an, an interesting flavor. I like peanut butter, but when you have a peanut butter cookie, it's very forward and it's watch your mouth. overwhelming. And I'm more of a peanut butter uh, a crunchy peanut butter guy, so um, I'm going to vote for the, for the Snickerdoodle.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with the peanut butter. Yes, I like the yes, straightforwardness Joe. of the peanut butter. I want it to punch me in the mouth. Uh, yes. the Snickerdoodle, by the way, is a very fine delicacy. So I don't I think it's not a 20 point game or anything like this. This is like, you know, a last second tip and lay in lay
0: A buzzer
1: yeah, beater, but yeah.
3: yeah 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 by the peanut butter cookie but like yeah i want to be punched in the mouth by the flavor so that's why i lean towards the peanut butter cookie.
1: yeah so peanut butter is through uh so that's a strong win for me right there
0: so then we have the sugar cookie and the double chocolate cookie this is the so this is the the, the cookie that's the chocolate base with the chocolate chips on top um and i'll go first um i like chocolate but i don't like chocolate in excess like that so i'm gonna vote for the sugar cookie to move on
3: i'm i'm similar in thought here i think that's re- a redundant cookie to make chocolate on chocolate exactly so the sugar co- sugar cookie kind of gets through by default
1: yeah i'm gonna uh make that a sweep i'm gonna go sugar cookie as well even though i do uh like the extra chocolate i think more of something delicious is never a bad look uh but i will also jump with you guys and go sugar cookie so we'll move sugar cookie uh through to the next round
0: okay so let's move on to the next uh
1: bracket or the next region what is the next region champ
0: Uh, We're gonna do chip flavors. Okay. So, types of chips. The first matchup is going to be the number one seed versus the number eight seed. Um, The number one seed is a barbecue chip versus a plain salt and pepper chip
3: well i'm gonna be a little repressed here but we have a thing i don't know if it's the national chip middlesworth barbecue chips and they are uh, a delight they are great i would sell one of my children for a bag right now so i'm gonna go with barbecue chips
1: (laughs) i am going to uh first make fun of whoever created this um these brackets and these regions uh his name may or may not rhyme with ram uh Having barbecue at number one is blasphemy alone. I'm going to go uh, with the uh, salt and pepper chip right here. Um, I am going to jump in the uh, the neighborhood of our good friend Stan Van Gundy, who is always, you know, a more plain. So I'm going salt and pepper, Sham.
0: So I, um, on brand, I'm going to disagree with Keith. Um, I am a big fan of big and bold flavors hitting me in my face, punching me in my mouth, like you guys had said before. And I think barbecue compared to salt and pepper is one of those flavors that just comes out and hits you with that mesquite, that reminder of like a backyard 4th of July barbecue. I love that nostalgia and that feeling and barbecue in my mind uh, moves on quite easily over salt and pepper. Now the two versus seven seed, it is going to be the lightly salted chips versus the tortilla chip.
1: I'll start with this one. Uh, Clearly there wasn't a lot of options here. Um, But for, you know, lightly salted to make the list, but, you know, I'm not going to attack the person who made the list uh, who may or may not be a bozo. Uh, I'm going to go with the tortilla chip easy on this one. It's pretty easy. I mean, the the lightly salted chips are fine, but uh, I've already put through a plain Jane type chip. So I am a big fan of the tortilla chips. We've talked on this on the show in the past about how, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with the tortilla chips. Uh, Salsa comes into play with the tortilla chips potentially. So tortilla chips are moving through easily for me.
0: I tend to agree. Um, I think the tortilla chip has, first of all, not only a, a good taste, I'll eat tortilla chips just plain like that i'll also eat them with a hint of lime uh tostitos makes a great uh hint of lime uh version of their tortilla chip uh shout out to our sponsor uh, tostitos also the physical functionality of using it as a spoon for your dip of choice whether it's a bean dip a guacamole a tortilla chip is there to provide the adequate sturdiness and robustness required to to insert that bite into your mouth so tortilla moves on for me
3: i'm with both of you guys it has great versatility can play small ball big ball. it has a deep bench it does a variety of things they can't be stopped
0: so tortilla is through sham tortilla is through the next matchup is the four or five matchup it's going to be the cheese the cheese flavored chips so this is like a like things like a dorito or like a, a cheeto or things like that uh against the hot and spicy chips so think like a jalapeno, um, the hot and spicy Cheetos, like just a spicy chip. Okay, Joe,
3: start us on this one. Give me the hot spicy chip here because the other cheesy chips to me, it makes me just conjure in- images of disgustingness. I don't know why. That might not be accurate, but, yeah, it makes it just grosses me out.
1: Uh, I'm going to rock with the cheese. I'm going to go uh, against Joe here. Uh, cheese, th- th- this opens itself for a lot of potentials. There's cheddar and sour cream, which are delicious. Like you mentioned, the Doritos. There's a lot of cheesy flavors uh, they can fall under this. And so I think cheese is, is is going to move through
0: for me on this one. So I'm going to go um, with the chip that um, has the biggest and boldest flavors in the hot and spicy. But also I'm choosing hot and spicy because the cheese, no matter what kind of chip you get that has cheese on it, it will get on your fingers. And that requires um, some extra wiping, um, some extra towels, just something... To, to wipe your hands before you operate a controller or remote, um, shake hands with a buddy. Like um, So I think hot and spicy is the way to go. You get a quick lick of your fingers and you're good to yeah, go. Yeah, I
1: hate when you have cheesy hands and you shake hands with that. it's yeah. such, a, such a regular exactly. occurrence. You just
0: hate that. Yep. And then you're passing on the the cheese uh, you know, disease. And so. maybe your
1: friend didn't want the cheese disease. I exactly.
0: I exactly. So hot and spicy moves on for me. Um, The next and last first round matchup uh, for the chip region is the sour cream and onion chip versus the salt and vinegar chip
1: Uh, this one is easy for me to start this uh, salt and vinegar the sour cream is disgusting i've never really cared for that um so this is probably the easiest one of all these so far so I, i'm i'm definitely pushing that through
3: yeah so i'm similar thought here i don't like sour cream chips uh some vinegar i'm a huge fan my only issue here i want to mention this now in case we run into it down the road i don't like the next morning where you have that like filmy feeling on your face because you eat so much of those chips yep, yep, and that's the yep. salt and vinegar uh indirect backlash negative
1: solid point there joe solid point
0: i completely agree there um and i think another uh caveat in this whole thing is that sour cream and onion uh after eating it you need to like stay at least two to three feet away from people around you um i think it's not a very good chip to have at parties it's not a good chip to have when you're when you're uh you know sharing with friends Uh, i think salt and vinegar um, it is one, a tastier chip for me. I'm a big fan of the vinegar flavor. And then also the one thing to keep in mind with salt and vinegar is that if you have a cut on your mouth, that salt and vinegar chip will expose the location of that cut. So right. I think it serves a, a, a twofold purpose, um, in cut, cut identification as well as taste. And it moves on for me. Step okay.
3: in doctor when you need it.
0: So now we're going to head off to the pizza region the pizza topping region i'm
1: excited about this region man yeah i'm
3: scared and terrified
0: i know that we have some big opinions in this um in this uh region so let's get right to it number one seed pepperoni versus the number eight seed veggie pizza
1: Yeah, I'm gonna start this one off, guys. This one's super easy for me. Veggie pizzas are disgusting. I'm going pepperoni in the easy, easy twenty-five point win. Uh they are emptying the bench in you know, midway through the second half. This is an easy win for pepperoni, guys.
3: 100 percent agreement here. This would be like the Golden State Warriors playing Presbyterian. Like that's not even close, it's pepperoni all the way. Veggie pizza is not even really pizza, it's a bunch of vegetables on a wheat baked product.
0: Completely agree. If you want vegetables in your life, eat a salad, don't put on your pizza. Um the next one is going to be the 2 versus 7 seed cheese pizza so this could be your extra cheese your asiago cheese whatever and then your 7 is the bacon pizza
3: that uh, this is even fair like i want to respect the traditional cheese pizza um but i mean i love bacon like who doesn't love bacon i'm a, a middle-aged white chubby guy i love bacon
1: no i i agree uh you know cheese is obviously a a legendary program Uh, They've made a lot of runs. They've been a consistency. I think uh, that's fair to say for us over the
0: years Uh, But I am absolutely with Joe on this Uh, bacon is the move. I despise cheese pizza I despise people who order cheese pizza. I think if you want a cheese pizza, you might as well just uh, Not order pizza because you're not getting a proper pizza Um, So I am easily gonna go with bacon. Um, I think cheese doesn't even deserve to be on this bracket It shouldn't even count as a topping um as such because it is a base in which toppings are put upon um so that's easily bacon J-
1: just just a quick reminder uh sham
0: was the one who made this bracket but <laughs> so we're gonna go to the the meat lovers pizza versus the barbecue pizza so the barbecue pizza typically has barbecue sauce as a base instead of the tomato sauce all uh, you can put chicken red onions typically on there
3: so i've never actually had a meat lovers pizza because i'm scared of it it just looks intimidating Um, I guess it would be like if you're like semi-smart and you're trying to apply to Harvard, but you don't do it because you're afraid of the rejection. (laughs) I'm going to look barbecue pizza just for that reason because I'm I'm afraid of rejection. So
0: I think um, the meat lovers is very excessive. I think every time I've had a meat lovers pizza, I have the meat sweats. um, And they're not a particularly great thing to have. It's when you have too much meat and your body sweats to compensate. Uh, for the rise in body temperature and you end up smelling like ham
1: Uh, i appreciate the visual of you describing you having meat sweats that was fantastic (laughs) i'm sure the audience loved that uh i'm actually going to go with the meat lovers on this guys i don't really know what either one of you guys are talking about i will uh say the the meat lovers i can't do the beef on there i can't do like that element of the meat lovers the meat lovers for me is usually a sausage, a pepperoni, a bacon, that type of thing. But you guys, I don't know what you're talking about, meat lovers. It pretty much puts everything that's good on a pizza all at the same time. So this one, I, I'm not agreeing with you guys. I don't really know what you guys are smoking on this one, but I would vote for the meat lovers.
0: Moving on, the sausage is the number three seed versus the Hawaiian pizza.
3: Wait, a time will chicken wing pizza didn't make the cut. If
0: anyone's listening, you can also take up
1: uh, the issues on this on these brackets uh, at Sham Sham God on Twitter. Make sure you at him. That is at Sham, Sham God, uh, on Twitter. I'm going to start with this one. This is something that Sham and I have argued with uh, off the show plenty of times. Now, I'm going to go where Sham doesn't think I'm going on this. I am a huge fan of pineapple on pizza. I don't want to open that can and spend 20 minutes on that, guys. I understand that that is a hot button issue for a lot of people. That said, I am going with the sausage pizza on this one because I'm not a big fan of the Hawaiian style pizza. I may take the pineapple from the Hawaiian style and throw it on the sausage pizza. I'm a fan of the sausage pizza. I am putting the sausage pizza through. Asham looks a little surprised on his face right now, but I am going sausage.
3: I will also go sausage again in protest. And I mean Hawaiian pizza is too close to they're disgusting pizzas. I want meat on my pizza if there's going to be any kind of topping.
0: I, I hate both these pizzas, to be honest. Um, I think sausage by itself is grotesque uh, with those little lumps of sausage. I think the, 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 the topping doesn't spread very well. So each bite, you're basically getting a majority cheese pizza with the occasional sausage. And then you can apply all my criticism towards cheese pizza towards that pizza as well. Um, so I'm going to begrudgingly put the sausage pizza yes. ahead. yes but only because i find the pineapple on pizza combination grotesque and i think anybody that thinks that those two things belong together um deserve to be shunned and subsequently removed from society yeah
1: and and i'm just going to add a quick end to that that um i think your opinion is grotesque
0: we're going to move on to the salty region um and the number one seed is going to be the pretzels versus the number eight seed saltine crackers
1: i'm going to start this one guys uh saltine crackers are for when you're sick Uh, i'm not sick during this so i'm going to easily push pretzels through on this one for me uh this is another easy one
3: uh as a heavy drinker um i lean towards the saltine ones you think the pretzels because they're snacks and that's what people have at bars but it's not during the drinking you have to worry about it's the next day when your tummy's upset saltines I like the you know the medical practices for it much like we discussed with other foods earlier so I'm gonna go with the saltines because let's be honest between the both of them they're both like you know very standard snacks you're never gonna like actually go out and buy them on purpose it's just something that's always in your drawer to begin with so give me the one that'll help me feel better after I'm hungover. over
0: so I'm gonna go with the pretzels on this one and I'll tell you why the pretzels come in so many different forms whether it's sticks the curls like the whatever that you know, the pretzel, like typical pretzel shape is, they come in the the chunks, Um, they come with flavoring on them, they come with things inside of them, like like the combos, Uh, so I'm going to go with the pretzels here, I think it's a a more universally accepted snack, I think saltines just, um, all they do is remove the water from your mouth and your body, you maybe can enjoy two or three of them and that's it, I think pretzels you can sit with a whole bag and eat the whole thing. And it tastes really good. So next matchup, we have the popcorn, two seed versus beef jerky. So I'm a huge fan of both of these things. I think they're probably like my two favorite snacks. So I'm a little bit torn here. Um, I'm going to lean towards popcorn only because I think it's easier to eat in different spots. Uh, For example, like the movie theater, pretty sure it'd be strange to, to pull out like a tub of beef jerky and eat that but it's really common to eat popcorn, sporting events, popcorn um, at home. If you're chilling, watching Netflix and chilling and, you know, you can enjoy like a thing of popcorn. It's light, low calorie. You can add flavorings to it. It's very versatile popcorn for me.
1: Yeah. I'm going popcorn on this one too. Uh, I don't care for beef jerky. Uh, I don't hunt. I don't go up to the mountains. I don't drive a huge pickup truck. Uh, those are things that I uh, relate to beef jerky, I do none of those things. Popcorn, uh, extra butter, uh, the the movie experience. Popcorn is an easy push through for me on this one, Joe.
3: Yeah, I'm with you guys. Popcorn travels better, it does way better on the road. You can never you know, go on a date night with somebody and then open up a tub of beef jerky. I mean, you're gonna be automatically disqualified. Popcorn, it does well in the home, does well in the road, it's the easy, easy winner.
0: All right, so popcorn moves on. Um, The next matchup we have is a battle of cheese snacks. Um, cheese its which is the cracker form, and then cheese balls. So the, the puffed uh, cheese, uh, you know, the puffed cheese, um, I don't know what that thing is. It's che- like they're chips? Che- or? They're cheese balls, pretty much people. Cheese balls, there. yeah, yeah pretty okay. Much can. Cheese J- balls.
3: Joe, can you get us started on this one? Yeah, absolutely. If I could put balls in my mouth, I want to do it. So give me the balls in my mouth all the time. Give me those nice cheesy balls in my mouth. If I could put multiple cheesy balls in my mouth at a time, I will love it. So yeah, the Cheese Balls, easy win.
1: I am going uh, with the Cheese It's on this one. This is a close one. This is one of the more competitive uh, matches we've had in uh, this March. Snackness, in my opinion. Uh, the Cheese Balls are a legendary um, team. They're a team that has done a lot of great things in the past. But the Cheese It's, for me... Um, Especially now that they've started making different versions of Cheez-Its. They've kind of flipped up the Cheez-Its. It's It's not the traditional um, kind. They've they've made them bigger. They've made them, you know, have ridges. There's all types of versatility with the Cheez it uh so i am going with the cheese it on this one sham
0: so i am also going to agree i'm going to go with the Cheez it's on this one cheese it's have always been my favorite snack in my mind they're my number one seed if i have a box of Cheez it's in my place i will finish that box the day i buy it they move on easily so the next matchup we have is mixed nuts versus ritz crackers so i feel as though i'm very selective when it comes to my nuts Um, I don't like them to be too big in the sense of like a macadamia nut or like a Brazil nut, but I also don't want them to be too small, you know, in the case of like peanuts. So I prefer like the almonds, the cashews. Um, So having the, the mixed bag of nuts kind of makes me too selective. But the Ritz cracker, buttery, salty. You can apply cheese to it. You can apply a spread to it. It's a versatile cracker, cheap. Comes in sleeves and it moves on for me.
1: Uh, I am also with you on the Ritz for the reasons you just listed. Buttery. Uh, it also is, in a familiar sense, kind of like the tortilla chip, where you can bring a bunch of other things into the equation. You can put, you know, uh, cut up meat on there. You could put uh, cheese. It's a great party situation. Uh, I think that the Ritz cracker is basically what this March Snackness is about. I think what it, that's what it's built on. Uh, so Ritz goes through for me
3: easy, Joe. Again, I'm with you guys. The, the Mixed Nuts, it's just too much variety. It's you know, it's like Golden State. They have all these players. They're all great but not enough minutes to go around. So I go with the Ritz Cracker.
0: Joe, do you have any final predictions? Final four predictions for each category and then a champion?
3: I gotta be honest, I don't remember who won the other round. <laughs> yeah, that was a great so. setup,
0: Sam. Before
1: we let you go, Joe, we thank you for... Uh, for joining us and and in our first edition of march snackness because i want to get a couple seconds out of you for sports give me your final four in the actual tournament who who is your final four if you if you're you know if we pin you against the wall
3: tennessee duke only if zion williamson is there gonzaga and North Carolina.
1: Joe, let the people know where they can follow you. Everyone, I suggest you follow him. He uh, Yeah, great follow. Great follow for college basketball and for other uh hilarity. Joe, let them know on Twitter where they can follow you.
3: Yeah, you can follow me at Joseph Cardone, N-A-R-B-O-N-E. I mostly don't tweet about college basketball. But if you like Marty Jannetty jokes, uh, I'm there. gods and a
0: ghost? Podcast.
1: All right, you know how we end each and every show. It is my dad's favorite segment. It is Ask Sham. You hit us, hashtag Ask Sham on Twitter. Sham, are you ready? You did the push-ups over there. You've been showing off for my dad, showing him the, the pre-gaming for Ask Sham.
2: Are you ready? Let's do this. And now it's time for Ask Sham. All right, Sham, question one. Michael Jordan congratulated LeBron James for passing him on the NBA all-time scores list. Was he genuine, Cham? He definitely wasn't
0: Michael Jordan is the biggest snake in the history of the NBA. He won six titles but wants to just parade like he's the best in the world, doesn't want to give LeBron James any credit. LeBron James is much better does a lot more in the basketball horse than Michael Jordan. Next question.
2: Boston Red Sox pitcher Stephen Wright was suspended 80 games for a pet violation. Are you concerned, Cham?
0: I love pets. Uh, I have I have one of my own. I got two back home. Uh, I got three three dogs total. I've owned pets my whole life. I'm a big fan of pets. Love the Boston Red Sox and the fact that they have pets.
2: A new study says that Hollywood producers were wrong about their theory on asteroids. Are you surprised, Jim?
0: I'm not surprised with anything in Hollywood. It seems like everybody in Hollywood, including LeBron James, is phony. Um, the L- LA Lakers are phony, LA Clippers are phony, so it's only fitting that they're also
2: phony about these damn asteroids. Is Kyler Murray going to be a star or a dud in the NFL?
0: Kyler Murray made the biggest mistake of his life by deciding to go to the NFL instead of the MLB. There's nothing like baseball money. You sit on your ass half the time. You don't do anything in the NFL, you're gonna get concussed. Football is a dying sport.
2: Chas, <laughs> yes. Get can- that name, get that name right. <laughs> Kazuyashi Muri, who is 52 years old, just signed with a football club in Japan. Is the oldest footballer in the world. Will you still have a wet jumper when you were 52, Jim?
0: I will have a wet jumper until the day I die. Even in my grave, I will be nailing threes.
2: When is the best time to sell a stock?
0: So I use stocks a lot. I'm a big fan of beef stock, chicken stock. Uh, really, the best time to sell it is, is, is around November Thanksgiving time. That's when a lot of soups and stews are being made, so that's the best time.
2: Disney's new theme park, Star Wars Land... Just announced his opening date. Are you excited, Jim? I am a big
0: fan of Captain Kirk and Star Wars. I am awaiting that opening date. It is happening next year. Looking forward to it.
2: Okay, will Mike Trout be the first $400 million contract in professional sports?
0: It's possible. I have never paid that much for fish in my life, but Mike Trout is definitely worth
2: it. Who do you trust more at the free throw line, Jim? Me or Lonzo Ball?
0: I trust anybody but Lonzo Ball, but you, Senior Envious Keith. I trust you more than anybody else.
2: So, Sham, why has this show not been renamed The Sham Show with K-Squeeze yet?
0: Honestly, I think it's a lot of to do with uh, our sponsors and the fact that we have a lot riding in our name. Uh, you, you can't make an acronym out of it. It's not T-S-S-K-S, you know. You got to do T-U-G-G, easy to say. Um, although, I do feel like we should change it down the line.
2: We're heading out to the IndyCar race in Tampa this weekend. Is this the year that Alexander Rossi wins the championship, Sham?
0: I had no idea that there was a city named Tampa in Indiana uh, where they race cars. Um, I don't know who Alex Rossi is, but he seems like a great, fine Indianan. Uh, hope he wins it. Um, And, yeah, looking forward to uh, the uh, trip up north, right, guys? All right, that is AskSham, hashtag AskSham on
1: Twitter. That is our episode this week. I feel like we we gave our snack and food community plenty this week. Uh, We want to thank Joe for coming on with us. Uh, Sham, what did you think about this show? Definitely top ten in season two.